It's uncomfortable. It's unnatural. And it's unbelievable to me how often salespeople overlook its value. No, it's not a game. Today, we're talking about practice. My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show, everybody. My name is Jeff Bajoric. I'm your host, and I'm here to help you rethink the way you sell. This season has been all about how to sell like you. And you don't just sell like you on a dime. You don't just decide that, oh, I'm going to do it this way, and then everything falls into place. It's not a, you know, Dorothy clicking her heels together and being taken home. It was there the whole time, right? It's not quite that simple. Now, I'm going to tell you that it's been there the whole time. I'm going to tell you that the answer to your alignment, the answer to you being able to sell like you and succeeding to your ultimate potential has been right there in front of you. But I am going to remind you that it's not so easy to just grab, okay? It's going to take work. It's going to take practice, but I'll get into that in a second because I want to talk about something Jordana brought up last week early in the conversation. It was probably within the first five or six minutes, and she mentioned the ability to be vulnerable. And a couple of weeks ago, after my conversation with Todd Capone, I broke down transparency for you. And I talked about transparency and the ability to tell the truth, how liberating that is, because it's how you build trust. That's how you lay the foundation for a culture of accountability. But that culture of accountability allows you to, relies on you to be vulnerable. And... You know, vulnerability is a concept that comes up more and more. People like to talk about it. It's a bit of a buzzword. Um, and a lot of people that I've seen anyway are talking about how it's okay to admit you're not perfect. It's okay to say you've made mistakes. It's okay to say that you're human. Okay, great. Even though social media tends to portray the very best version of you because it's the authentic one that you choose to show people and authenticity is a buzzword for another time to tackle. But vulnerability doesn't just mean admitting you're human. Vulnerability, it, it means for you to admit that you could be wrong, that you might try something, or in fact, you need to try something that you know might not work. It's not just being able to turn around behind you and say, ah, you know, I've made some mistakes in the past. It's I'm willing to make mistakes in the future. Think about that. It's about not, it's not just about who you have been in the past. It's about who you are willing to be. You have to be willing to make mistakes in order to understand what your best work is going to look like. And there is just too much emphasis in sales culture today around deliver the result at all costs. I don't care if it's mediocre. I just want it to be consistent and reproducible and you know able to be projected and forecasted. Give me mediocre work as long as you know or as, as long as I know it's coming. And this bothered me back in the day when I worked for publicly held companies. It was like, hey, what's important is the fact that we can project our earnings per share. It doesn't matter. It, you know, it was almost equally penalizing to outkick your coverage <laughs> from an earnings per share standpoint because, you know, people uh, want to know what to expect. 
And Todd talks about that too, in terms of transparency being predictive and people are predictive creatures and we want to know what's coming because that's safety. I get it. But are you holding yourself back because you're trying to be too safe? And Seth Godin talks about this a long time. He's been talking about this for years, that safe is the new risky. You know, what are you here to do? Are you here to be predictably mediocre and then go home and do something else? Are you here to just sell enough to make a living so you can do some fun things and raise a family? Or are you here to be fulfilled by the work that you do? Are you here for that non-monetary reward? Are you here to shoot the moon? Are you here to get better and do your best work? Or do you just want to be eh? <laughs> and look, there's nothing wrong with being meh. You know, in a sales career, mediocre can be a really good living. And you can compartmentalize things and leave work at work and leave home at home and, you know, occasionally go to your workplace happy hours and make nice and, and you know, be, be congenial. But um, I just don't think that the kind of people who want to do that listen to shows like this. So if you're here to do your best work, I'm telling you, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be vulnerable enough to try stuff that you know might not work, but it just might. What happens when you do that? And um, again, it's not just going to come to you immediately. More will come to you immediately than you realize, but you recognize that this kind of vulnerability, this kind of effort, this kind of um, experimentation is going to take some practice. It's something that I reluctantly remind myself of, or I, I should say, uh, I'm not reluctant to remind myself of that. I remind myself of it quite often. I'm reluctant to do the work because it's uncomfortable, because you have to be vulnerable, because it takes time and who likes to do it? Except, you know what? In order for you to get better, you have to do it. So what does it mean to sell like you? Well, in short, it means more pipeline. It means bigger deals that close faster and more often. It means more customer loyalty, so there's less churn. And it means a culture on your team where winning is expected and everyone's having fun. Now, if this sounds like something your team needs, go to jeffbajorek.com forward slash services and find out how I use this approach to help teams like yours create world-class results. Now, back to the show. I remember a conversation I had with um, my first hiring manager, and I was about six months into my uh, career. And I came in, and it was just one of those check-in meetings. Why don't you come out to the office? I've always worked remotely. Uh, so I drove an hour or so to the office, sat down in his office. It was sunny that day. I remember details like this. Um, I, I think it was a Monday. And I sat down, and he said, hey, Jeff, how you doing? How are things going? And I said, you know what? I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated that um, I've been doing this about six months and I just don't get it. I, I, it seems so simple. You presented it to me so simply. People around me seem to be succeeding. I just have no idea where I am, what I'm doing, or how to impact anything. And he said, uh, no, it's, it's only been six months. And I said, well, yeah, but it's been six months. I'm a smart guy. I think I can grasp things. You guys make it look so easy. And he said, all right, um, how long did it take you to get your degree? I said, well, four years. And in and, and your defense, that, that was a little fast. Most people take it a, a little longer than I did. He said, okay. And then what happened? You passed your certification exam. And I said, yeah. And actually, I failed a portion of it the first time. <laughs> and he said, okay, great. 
He said, and then you worked in your field for three years, right? Did you have it all figured out? I said, no, I, I felt like I was also always learning something new every day. He said, okay, so seven years plus of dedicated study, and you still had something to figure out. And you think you can have sales figured out in six months? And there was just that real pregnant pause there, that really poignant. And in that moment, I felt a little shame. Um, I had a huge realization and um, was also pretty contrite in that I realized that here's someone who has been selling for, at that time, almost 20 years, leading a, have a successful career, had done really, really well. And I thought that I could distill everything that he had done in over a decade, almost two decades, uh, into six months. And uh, that was quite a, um, a humbling moment there for me. But I tell you that story because if you practice, you are not only going to speed up your, your path to mastery, whatever mastery looks like, but also that you're going to require that practice, whether you deliberately take extra time to practice or not. And here's what I mean. You're going to get the reps. Are you going to get them as they come to you in the field? Or do you want to accelerate your growth curve by spending dedicated time in addition to what you normally do in order to, you know, speed up your progress? You know, that's why role-playing is so important. That's why thinking about your conversations ahead of time and rehearsing them is so important. That's why it's so valuable to write. Have you ever thought about writing your sales calls? Have you ever thought about just sitting down and laying out the bullet points, even in shorthand format? Because sometimes uh, if you're like me, my hand can't keep up with my brain. So sometimes my handwriting's a little messy, but sometimes um, those points just come out in short spurts. And those short spurts allow me to just kind of keep up a little bit. But now I can lay out the framework of a conversation. I can anticipate those objections. I can go back and rewrite my statements in a way that will eliminate or prevent some of those objections, right? But once you've been in enough sales calls to know how they go, you can accelerate your curve by just writing them down. You know, nothing has helped my ability as a seller more than writing in, in general, writing a blog, writing in a journal, whatever you want to do. Having to articulate yourself in writing, in black and white, in such a way that it is kind of bulletproof is going to go a long way to helping you articulate those ideas, even if the words in the moment are fluid. But what about having conversations with your, uh, with your colleagues? And, and practice can take on many forms. Maybe it is formal role playing. That's tough to do. And Jordana mentions that in our, our uh, conversation last week. That's tough to do because you're not going to bring the same vigor to your uh, role play as you would a real situation. Your, uh, your, your colleague, even though they know the objections that you're likely to hear because they hear them too, they're not going to be dug in emotionally. They're going to be empathetic to your cause. They're going to want to take it easy on you because they want you to take it easy on them. It's really difficult to actually recreate that vibe. But the practice is still valuable. 
Another kind of practice is just sitting around brainstorming with your colleagues. Maybe it's over a cup of coffee. Maybe it's over a a beer or a glass of wine or whatever it is at the end of the workday in in a relaxed environment where you can really just kind of daydream out loud together. This was one of the biggest benefits of spending so much time with my mentor early on and making calls face-to-face. We had a lot of drive time to cover. We had a lot of windshield time to share with one another where we could just throw ideas out there. We spent time on golf courses. We spent time in coffee shops. We spent time in operating room lounges because that's what I sold. But we spent that time thinking about how we could get better. So there are a lot of deliberate ways to practice, or I should say there are a lot of ways to deliberately practice. And I want to underscore the, the point here that you require those reps to get better. How quickly do you want to get those reps? How uncomfortable are you willing to be in order to make yourself better? How much does it mean to you to be successful? And ultimately, I'll take it back to this. How vulnerable are you willing to be in your practice? The more you practice, the better you're going to get. The more deliberate your practice, the more effective that practice is going to be. The more vulnerable you are willing to be in your practice, the more quickly you will get to the heart of the matter, especially when it comes to what's holding you back. And especially as it relates to that breakthrough that you're, you're waiting on, that you're working for. It takes guts to practice. It takes chutzpah. Do you have it? Is it worth it to you? Does it mean anything to you? So as we come to the end of this season on Sell Like You, and I've got one more interview for you. Um, I've got a, a an episode that's going to wrap it all up, and then uh, Doug and I are, are working on something for YouTube that's going to put together a, a nice little compilation of some bonus material that is uh, that I collected during these interviews, but that wasn't put into the uh, the the shows in the in the podcast feed. But as I go through this season, as I show you these things about what it means to sell like you and what it has meant to my guests to sell like you and, and how to, you know, really uh, the, one of the biggest themes has been alignment and being willing to be yourself, be, being vulnerable enough to be yourself. I have to tell you that it is not just going to be this magical shift that occurs. It's going to take work. It's going to take diligence. It's going to take patience. Ultimately, I'm going to tell you unequivocally that it is worth it. But at the end of the day, it's up to you to decide that you're willing to pursue it. That's where practice comes in. That's why I wanted to make sure that we had this conversation. Jordana was one of the first people I thought of to have on this season because this concept is just way too important to ignore. There's nothing that's worth having that isn't worth working for. This is the part where you do the work. So thanks for spending 15 minutes or so with me today. I am really excited to bring you Jen Allen next week. Uh, My sister from another sales mister, uh, someone I've hit it off with immediately in the less than a year or so that I've known her. And uh, our conversation uh, is going to light a lot of people up. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about what it means to sell like you and that there are so many different versions of great. That's next week with Jen. I hope you will Uh, Be willing to join us, and I'll talk to you then.
Rethink the Way You Sell is a Pot About It production. It's mixed and edited by Doug Branson, with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajorek.